Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that examines where hip-hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suwami. And I'm James Rathbone. And yes, James sounds a little weird this week, and that's because he is out of town and is recording this on a separate mic in a different location. He's in... James, do you want to talk about where you are? I'm I'm in upstate New York, uh, celebrating... A uh, holiday weekend of, you know, Passover, Easter, and 420. When they all happen in the same weekend, it's a pretty big deal to me. So, um, <laughs> you know, I had to do something special. 420, bro. I feel you. Um, yeah. So this week's episode is about, I would say, one of the most exciting rappers of the last 10 years, I would say. Um, and certainly, like, the most one of the most exciting of this generation. That is a rapper from North Philadelphia by the name of Little Uzi Vert. Uh, I, you know, he's someone who I think Jordan and I both love and he's exciting cause he's been around for a bit and it still feels like the best is yet to come. Yes. Uh, the best is yet to come and there's already been a lot of good, uh, in my mm. opinion. So we'll get into that in a bit, but first we want to cover some housekeeping notes, uh, off the top. We just want to shout out once again, all of our new and recent listeners, people coming to us on iTunes and Spotify and, uh, the Google Play Store. We we appreciate uh, all of you. And yes, so once again, as we've mentioned previously, it's really helpful for us if you guys rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps. Uh, mm. it, it really helps spread the word about the podcast. It gets us better placing in the in the iTunes store for podcasts. And you know, we're just trying. To we're we're just a little independent podcast that that keeps growing, and we want to keep that machine mm-hmm. going. And the best way for that to work is by you helping us spread the word. So if you could take a few minutes out of your day to do that, it would be a huge help. And shout out the people uh, like our new listeners who have been putting in reviews and also anybody who has ever put in a review. Yeah. It, uh, it means a lot. Yeah. Shout, also shout out to our old listeners who are who are uh, putting in reviews. I've, I've noticed some of the people who have written some of the recent reviews have talked about listening to the podcast for a very long time. And uh, we appreciate you. Uh, some mm-hmm. other things. Follow our Instagram account. It's at Ketchup Podcast. Yeah, so you'll you'll be able to see like what we have coming up for the new episodes, and it's also a good way for you to communicate with us if you want to recommend an episode topic. You know, like last week's episode was uh, a listener request from uh, Tia in Harlem. We have we're probably going to do another listener request pretty soon from a listener in New Orleans. Uh, we're open to not just people in the U.S. We want people all over the world to talk to us. So just give us a shout. Let us know what you think we should discuss, and uh, we'll see if we can work it in. Also, we have two upcoming events that we want to talk about. So if you're in Toronto or anywhere near it, on Friday, May 3rd, it is Boosie Fade 35. Um, that is our five-year anniversary party. We are doing it at the shop, which is in the west end of Toronto, the former parts and labor basement. It's our home, and we're, we're celebrating five years, man. That's like that's a long time for a party. And it's wild because it, it still feels like the party is getting better and going in mm-hmm. new, even more exciting directions, which is wild because we've already had a pretty legendary run, uh, if, I, if I'm yeah. going to pat myself yeah. on the back, and I am. And so we have one other event we want to talk about, which is our, we're just show, our next screening at the Toronto International Film Festival building. Uh, the TIFF Bell Lightbox. It's Thursday, May 9th. It's uh, starting at 8.45. We're showing John Singleton's Baby Boy. So you get to come and see Tyrese Gibson before everything went left. Um, it's, <laughs> you get to see Taraji before Jussie fucked up the bag. Um, <laughs> you know, you got you got a gangsta snoop in there. It's just, it's just a really... It's a really, uh, really good film, really fun time, and it's a good way to come meet some people in the Boosie Fade community. It's also a crazy movie. If you've never seen it or if you haven't seen it for a long time, the idea of this movie getting released now, the amount of controversy that would come out would be absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, so, you know, this is a really rare opportunity. I don't know how many times Baby Boy has been screened since it's initial initially came out, but uh, you know the, the, these opportunities don't come around that often to see these films the way they're originally meant to be seen. Amazing. So that seems about enough. Let's get into the episode. Let's do it. I first heard of Little Uzi Vert in. 2014 or maybe really early 2015 
And it was one of his first singles. It was a essentially self-titled song. It was a song called Uzi uh, that came out. And it really was, he basically, I remember at the time thinking that he sounded like a little more, he sounded like a slightly more turned up version of Shy Glizzy. It was a rapper from DC with a, with a kind of like, you know, a nasally tone and an interesting way of, 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 of int- an interesting style of intonation. Um, it's very different from the style that Little Uzi Vert is known for doing now, but it was just like, it was something it immediately captured my attention because there was like a vitality and energy to it. And also in the video, he has some of the stuff that he, I mean, some of the, the style that are, it's still present in him today. He's wearing like a Led Zeppelin oversized heavy metal tee. And like, it, he just, and he has like, I think he has like orange tinged dreads. He just looked very different. His swag was different. And the song is very good. Um, mm-hmm. Let's actually listen to a little bit of Uzi. The first time I, I think I heard Uzi, or the first time I actually heard Uzi, was with his first, let's call it a full length, I think, mm-hmm. uh, Love is Rage, uh, which I heard of via uh, ASAP Yams who uh, was early an early advocate because, you know, while Yams was alive, he was aware of everything good happening in rap music. And I remember thinking that he was, he was like Young Thug. And that was, at this point, I felt like it was around this time that we started seeing the, like, a lot of the Young Thug influences starting to appear. But, like, Uzi didn't feel, like, derivative. It felt like he... Like, whereas, like, Young Thug was, like, kind of all over the place, and that's, like, what we loved about him. It felt like Uzi was very controlled in, the like, the style that he would go into. So he go full melodic Young Thug, or he could be more sort of like a Philly rapper in the traditional sense. That's right. That's, like, one of, I think, one of his interesting and kind of underrated skills. If people kind of focus, you know, too much uh, or focus a lot on his kind of bigger singles, which are usually heavily reliant on melody and singing. He also has Mm. this kind of like this North Philly, you know, rapid fire flow kind of thing. And even his name, his name, um, I think is one of his early rap names is early rap name was vert, which was like a short slang for vertical. And uh, then he kind of changed his style because he's somebody says, Oh, you know, you rap fast, like, like a little Uzi. And, you know, Mm. it's he just put, he put one and two together and got three. Little Uzi Vert, you know. Also sounds like Lucy Lucifer, which you know. Uh, I never made that connection before. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, this new generation—they're on some devil shit. Yeah, it's true. Well, it's good. <laughs> Finally, they're recognizing our Lord and Savior, Satan. Uh, is that <laughs> Satan? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! You're gonna curse the podcast, fam. We're like all these yeah. new listeners, they're out now. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was he's someone who was a pretty compelling early on. My favorite song from uh, the original Love is Rage, which is actually, I think, still one of his most consistent uh releases, it's really good. Um, mm-hmm. from t- early 2015. Um, my favorite song is like a kind of one of those two parter songs that was a little bit more popular at the time where you it was like there's two songs here but you're calling it one song um yeah. <laughs> with my with my crew x 1987 and it sort of starts out like almost like a proto playboy cardi you know abstract but like very melodic uh type of flow and then it it, it like breaks down into this really beautiful melody in the latter part of the the song um yeah let's listen to a little bit of the 1987 portion of with my crew x 1987 
So, I mean, I think, I think that what's interesting about him is kind of like a little bit of what you said, but like, it's like, there is, there's like the, the duality of his, like, of his styles. Like the song, the song that first stood out to me from Love is Rage was, I, I happened to cross it on YouTube after, you know, I, after I heard Uzi, his, uh, that kind of like breakout single, I, I kind of like didn't really th- think about him too much for a while. And I kind of f- almost forgot he existed. And then I think somehow through something that maybe Wiz Khalifa had posted, I mm. found love, love is rage. And I went to, I went on YouTube and I searched uh, Uzi and he had a video for a song called super Saiyan trunks, which off the top, I was already oh, just like incredible totally song about title. That. Yeah. Oh my um, God. I was not a Dragon Ball Z fan growing up. I think I just I just wasn't really like an anime dude, but my younger brother was super into it. Um creepily into it, I would say actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> disturbingly so. And so I I you know a lot of a lot of uh, Dragon Ball Z terminology experiences were kind of like seeped into my brain through osmosis from being around him and the fact that a rapper was calling his song <laughs> Super Saiyan Trunks just like really really captured my attention and then also he has a completely bonkers flow on this song. It's like, it is, it's so aggressive. It's so hard. It's also kind of, it's like, it is like, there's like a a rhythm and a melody to it. So it's a combination of kind of like, you know, an aggressive kind of like trap rap style, but also having a bit of like a bounce to it. And in in the video, Mm. in the video, you see a little bit of like, I, I think another interesting thing about him is how much he kind of, he didn't show us all of his dance moves for, for the the scale of his dance moves for a few years. Because in this video, he dances he dances a bit and he dances very well, but it's super understated versus like the kind of stuff that you see from him do now, where he'll like go into like essentially almost like full choreo. But like here, he's just doing a yeah. few moves and he's just like vibing, and it's like and I think it's also like it's the you know the patent a flow, you know, where you say a word and go mm-hmm. a at the end of it, which I think like chief keef really popularized and kind of brought out to the forefront but it's just like a, a variation of that that he does on the song and it's really good so let's listen to a little bit of super saiyan trunks by so yeah i think those songs give you kind of a bit a bit of like an understanding of the of the range of uzi's range uh another thing that i found really compelling about him from the the big, very beginning is at at the time at this time he was dating uh, a stylist slash fashion designer named Brittany bird and who's uh, in- an Instagram celeb of sorts. And uh, at the time was at the time and definitely so now. And I found it really interesting how much he, he talked about her by name in his music. Cause I think at the mm. time, a lot of the, the, the whole thing with, with rap and especially, you know, heterosexual rappers talking about their relationship to women it was very much like you know i don't really care about women they're pretty interchangeable i date i mean at least in the mainstream he's like i date many i don't get attached and what uzi was doing i don't don't believe love is i don't believe love exists uh intimacy and his illusion uh (laughs) i I don't like any positive emotions Yeah, that was like totally the vibe. I mean, there were obviously exceptions to the rule. I think part of what was so enticing to me 
about Future at the beginning of his career, like at the Pluto era Future, was that he was singing these kind of like thug love songs. You know, it's like somebody who talks about how how few feelings they have, especially in their business dealings and how that extends to the most of their lives. But then was like, oh, but I really miss this one woman. I wish she would call me back. You know, there's just something mm-hmm. I found extremely endearing about like kind of a letting off that tough exterior for a moment. Mm-hmm. And Uzi felt like a continuation in some ways to me of like what I liked about, about Future's Pluto stuff, because he, he talked about Britney with this kind of reverence and a sort of like, you know, on on this one song in particular that I really love, which I think also really captures what was what's so good about his his melodies is that he can turn a simple line into like a mini hook. And right. when he's singing these hooks, it's there. It's I think it's just it's almost like the the angle at which they start, the way that they kind of like gradually tick up towards the end. It's like it's really intoxicating. And Top has one of his his best best like early hooks. Um, so let's listen to a little bit of, t- of top. First I drop my top, hey, then I swear my cool, hey, counting on these bands, hey, who the fuck are you? Hey, why you walk so cool? Hey, thousand dollar shoes, hunting on my jewels, hey, I got all these grooves. First I drop my top, hey, then I swear my cool, hey, counting on these bands, hey, who the fuck are you? Hey, first I drop my top, hey, then I swear my cool, hey, counting on these bands, hey. And there's also, you know, a really funny part of that song where he talks about how Britney turned him into a slut. So, <laughs> <laughs> Shut, you know, it's like kind of the sex positivity we're looking for in uh, this decade. <laughs> so, Little Uzi Vert versus the World actually, I think, is my favorite Little Uzi Vert project to this day. Um, because I think it's like, it's only it's only nine songs. I think every song is good on it, and uh, it just like it's very contained. I feel like it's like every every track seems like purposeful and strong, and it was just it's also it was to me like when it came out, I felt like it was um, oh I like to- I I get the sky high potential of this guy in a way I hadn't seen because it didn't feel, even though he like wore his influences on his sleeve, it didn't feel derivative at all. And it had, I mean, first of all, there's one of his best songs to this day. And one of the songs that gets me more hype than anything. Like, I feel like I I hear this. If I had like cardiac arrest or something and I heard money longer, I would just snap out of it and (laughs) keep on, you know, keep on going because it's like it's it's like a defibrillator for your heart like it just it's like instantly i feel energized hearing it um yeah and i think that you know another thing that's worth noting about him is just his ear for for beats and the kind of production he's been on from the early parts of his career and including on this album is like mm-hmm. he really has found the production style that best suits what he does musically um, both mm-hmm. lyrically and like with just the way that he, he, the textures and tones that he goes for in his music, I think are really, especially Money Longer to me is like one of the great examples of it. Um, mm-hmm. So let's, let's listen to a little bit of Money Longer. Yeah, it do not matter. Turn to a savage, pocket got fatter, she got me daddy. Smoking that gas, got all that zany, she on a powder. Nowadays I am on my head, I got sadder. Money got longer, speaker got louder, car got faster. Turn to a savage, pocket got fatter, she call me daddy. Smoking that gas, gone out that sign, she on the powder. Nowadays, I am on my head, I got sadder. Money got longer, speaker got louder, car got faster. Money so old, dollar spoiled. Yeah. My love be so spoiled. Yeah. I rap her down in oil. Yeah. I got money now, you know it. Yeah. On my yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm gonna have to agree with you and say that this, this is definitely my my favorite Uzi project. I still remember the day it came out because I remember posting about it in Boozy Fade, and I was I was super excited because I you know I felt like at Love Is Rage is a, is a really strong project, but not everything on it works for me. 
you know mm-hmm. it, it felt like there was a lot of it, you know, in a lot, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of what it was like listening to the early like Young Thug stuff. If you listen to, like yeah. like Young Thug stuff from like 2011, 2012, like the I Came from Nothing series, there are all these like mm-hmm. flashes of brilliance, and mm-hmm. you can see you you can kind of see like oh, I could see how this could work on a mainstream level if this person figures out the best way to harness what they're really good at and kind of maybe does a lot le- a little bit less of the things that they're maybe okay at and Mm -hmm. when i listened to love is rage i sort of felt that about uzi i was like okay there's a lot here he just maybe needs to be a little tighter with some of the songwriting and not take too like you know not kind of take in too many different directions at once and kind of focus on the things that are working and little uzi versus the world to me is where he really i mean it right away i just he captured it um so like outside mm-hmm. of money longer, it just kind of further to the 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 kind of the point about like both his relationship with Britney and like the connections that I found with like the kind of like thug love songs of like Future and, and Pluto is that the the love songs on on this album are among his best I, I think like really early mm-hmm. on he is like and I think it just he also shows Uzi is definitely lumped into the kind of like SoundCloud rap mumble rap. But I think that, mm-hmm. w- like, something we've talked about a bit, but, like, an underrated ability of his is just, like, he's sneakily clever. And mm-hmm. you can you he- really hear it on a song like High Roller, which is, like, just a, a, a really great melodic Uzi song that also has mm-hmm. some, some things that I would consider to be some bars in it, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. let's, let's listen to a bit of High Roller. Wake up every day, know that I don't bless me. yeah. And, yeah, and, and that's like not High Roller isn't the only song on this album that has that kind of combination of excellent production, strong songwriting, good good concepts as well, um, mm-hmm. and just like a good a good a, a, a large sense of longing and feeling like like a desire for connection. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think like P's and Q's and Team Rocket have some of the more interesting production, like in recent memory, really. Like, uh, I I don't know. I mean, I I think that Uzi has absolutely reached the heights of this this tape subsequently, but not in um, not. I don't really think he's come close to having a project that's nearly this consistent since then. Yes, I. I agree. Like in terms of, you know, a single project that is, you know, not overstuffed with songs that sound too similar to one another and anything like that. Like this is definitely the the tightest project of his. But like this this album really brought him to the forefront of mainstream hip hop in a lot of ways. You really started to see mm-hmm. him start to pal around with like a lot of the A-listers in the rap game. At this point him and him and Meek Mill are really chummy. Um, mm-hmm. I believe this is the era where Meek Mill was dating Nikki, so mm-hmm. he started seeing Uzi hanging out with 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 Nikki, and you know this is also like when he this this is the year that he also was named to that 2016 Double XL freshman list, which I mean I think that we're gonna look back, you know, if we look back on the Double XL freshman list and look back at the 2011 year as like a really big year for the future of hip hop at the time, and that's the year that had names like Meek Mill, Big Crit. Uh, YG, Mac Miller, Little B, and Kendrick were on that list. Like that was a that double XL list really, I think, not, you know, I mean, indirectly or directly, it set the tone for what the next five years of hip hop were, I think, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that this 2016 list is something that's setting the course for what the, the, the next, the five years since, or it's only been three years since, but like, I feel like this the the second half of the 2010s will be defined by this list. And that year had mm-hmm. Anderson Pac, Twenty One Savage, Kodak Black, Uzi, uh, Little Dicky, and I guess 
the less said about him, the <laughs> the better. The better. Apparently, you, got, you just uh, made like a Earth Day song. You hear about that? Yes, it's like he yes. Made like an environmental song. He did. Come he on, did. Man. Yeah. There was an interesting uh, like, discussion I, I, about maybe it. Maybe that that might be a, a using your powers for good. You know, you kind of thing. I guess. Yeah. I, I, I mean, sure. I feel like the little Dicky has a lot of fans who don't believe in climate change. So. <laughs> that's true that's like you know what and shout out to little dicky for following in the footsteps of other uh other white rappers who at some point realized that they're like you know what i should teach my fans something like i've yeah i've benefited from <laughs> from unearned commercial success in a way that i'm starting to feel guilty you know i i, I gotta yeah, yeah i gotta like do some kind of good with this power uh, following the footsteps yeah. of like a Macklemore, a Mac Miller, yeah, um, yeah. So just to round out that list, you got like you know Denzel Curry, uh, G Herbo, Little Yachty, like those. Like Wait. in that list of artists of which Uzi is a part of, there are the voices of a generation there. Yeah, I mean it's it's actually kind of crazy because I think by 2016 we kind of assumed that like physical publications like Double XL were not even like no longer relevant in terms of influence, but just that they wouldn't really have kind of uh, their finger on the pulse in the way that they did. But the, tw- the 2016 one is like, they, they really nailed it. You got to give credit where credit's due. They knew exactly. I mean, you got to get it right, I guess once in a while, but like with the exception of little Dicky, who was phenomenally successful, despite the illiteracy of his fans, uh, that you know they got it right that time and shout out to double xl because yeah. it, it, it really is you could you could use it as a guide for understanding this era of rap for better or worse no absolutely i think i think that they they did get it right in terms of male rappers because uh i think the thing in general with the double xl freshman list is that and i think maybe it's starting to change a little bit because they're feeling the pressure but like the it's like it almost always seems like they only consider male rappers for the list. Like, you know, and yeah. if there, if there are going to be any women rappers, it's like one token choice, you know, it's like, it doesn't, it never really yeah. feels like they, they fully examine the spectrum of, of women rappers and even give them the opportunity to be on the same kind of platform as like, these are the next new stars, you know? If we only get like one woman rapper this year, when there's so many breakout women rappers, we should just burn down the offices. <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not condoning that. I just want to make that clear. Uh, but um, you know, to each their own. A- Listen, activism takes take different action. shapes. Indeed. <laughs> um, no, but it's true. I think it would be, and I feel like we'll we'll probably do an episode about this year's freshman list when it comes out because it's just like it's an interesting discussion topic. But yeah, on a year like this, you would hope that there would be. There should be at least four or five women on this list if they're if they're yeah, doing it easy. right, like easily, yeah. easily. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like after this freshman list comes out, Uzi kind of has he at this point he's really starting to break into the mainstream. Uh, in October, he's featured on a single from the Atlanta rap trio Migos called "Bad and Bougie," um, mm. and. You know, I remember the first time I was just talking to somebody about this the other night. The first time I heard that song and I heard Uzi's verse on it, I was like, dude, why did you not try on this huge opportunity with <laughs> like this? I mean, there's no way that he could have mm-hmm. predicted this song would, would hit number one and become this hugely memed thing. But even still, I was like, this is a song with Migos, who at the time were pretty hot. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, why wouldn't you do more? But then the more mm-hmm. the the longer that time progressed and the more I heard the verse, I actually absolutely love it. Like I I love that he yeah. kind of he found his own tempo on the song that's like nothing like the other rappers sound like. And it's like it's also yeah. it's also the things that we talked about that he does really well. It's like the melody stuff, but there's also moments where he does some like pretty clever rapping, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, even the way that it, like and you know, for us like playing this song like out First of all, being somebody who goes out to uh, at the t- at that time was going out to like quite a few like you know events at night like hip hop parties, and they would play bad and bougie, but they would cut off Migos' verse, and I'm like, are you fucking stupid? 
Like that is the most fun part of the song to rap along to. Cut, just like over starting off Uzi's verse. Yeah, Uzi's verse. Just like the starting off with the Yaz, like and then and like the way that yeah. it like it just kind of creeps up, you know, what kind of Rari? Four, fifty-eight. Like the whole thing is just like so fun. So let, let's listen yeah. to uh Uzi's verse from Bamboo. Yeah, 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 yeah. She back to the ball. Wait. These niggas watching, I swear to God, they be my clones. Yeah, hey, huh? Switching my hoes like my flows. Switching my flows like my clothes. Keep on shooting that gun, no reload. Ooh, ooh. Now she won't fuck with my crew. Cause the money come all out the roof. Try to Rory, that bitch got no roof. Wait, what kind of Rory? 458. All of these niggas, they hate. They hate. Try to hide you through the gate. Look, go to strip club, make it rain. Yeah, so much money, they use rakes. Count a hundred thousand in your face. Yeah, then put 300 right in a safe. Met her today. Yeah, she talked to me like she knew me. Yeah, go to sleep in a jacuzzi. Yeah, waking up right to a two piece. Yeah, counting that paper like loose leaf. Yeah, getting that chicken with blue cheese. Yeah, boy, you so fat like my collar. You snaking. I swear to God, that be that Gucci. And you know we winning. Yeah, we is not losing. Try play your song, it ain't move me. So y'all girl wants that she choose it. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Bad and Bougie comes out October 2016. It hits number one on January 1st of uh, 2017. But also, you know, that November, Uzi puts out like a little collaborative uh, collaborative mixtape with Gucci Mane. And once again, it's just like he just, his, the industry is welcoming him with open arms. Like early part of uh, 2017, he goes on tour with The Weeknd. Uh, mm-hmm. like in Europe and it's like, it's starting to be like, okay, like this guy is on a trajectory that, that he's, he's on a very, on a, like a very serious trajectory that looks like it's going to end up with him becoming a really big star. And I think the mm-hmm. thing that really, really solidifies it is this SoundCloud Lucy that he throws up uh, called XO tour life. And <laughs> I still remember the whole my whole experience with that song where like i heard it on his soundcloud and i was like oof like this like this is the one you know like it's just like it's so evident all of the great parts of it it's like this is also the time that you know the whole like emo rap wave is kind of like starting to rise and um you're mm-hmm. just seeing you know people like uh like little peep trippy red um are saying like there's hearing this like melding of a lot of elements of like 2000s emo, which Uzi grew up listening to. He said he was a early on big fan of like, you know, Paramore, obviously my chemical romance, the all American rejects, you know, he's listening to some like really interesting stuff. And this is like where he's really starting to meld it with just like trap production and a lot of like mm. hip hop tropes. Yeah. To me, uh, outside of maybe like little peep, uh, Uzi, I think, does emo rap about as good as anybody. Um, I mean, Little Peep's sort of his own his own thing, really. Uh, but like, I think like Juice World, who goes like all the way emo and uh, is really like, like I think if you just took an acapella of Juice World and played it in two thousand three at like your local YMCA on a Friday night, uh, people would be like, "Ooh, what is this?" You know, it's like whereas like little Uzi vert really makes makes takes those influences and makes it his own thing um, true and exo exo tour life is just such a phenomenal song uh like the the beat is so interesting uh tm88 beat and mm-hmm. uh just the I, the fact that Uzi would take a beat like that and come up with one of the most catchy uh, ways I've, anyone's ever talked about suicide. It's like, uh, it's just such an incredible song. And, yeah, and to this I, day, you know, his biggest hit. Yes, absolutely. By and away, his biggest hit. Um, his This song has over a billion streams on Spotify. Like, that is insane. Um, mm. the, other, the other interesting thing about it is that, like, when this song came out, it took a while. I mean... I don't know how actually long it was. I remember at the time it felt like it was like it could have been like a month, but it, I don't. I know in actuality it wasn't that long. But it took some time for the label to actually throw their weight behind this song as a lead single. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I remember talking to 
you know, some of my friends who are also like diehard Uzi fans and just talking about like, okay, what are they doing? Why aren't they like strapping the rocket ship to this song? Because this is going to be like, this has potential to be the biggest thing that he's ever done. Mm-hmm. And then they slow, you, I remember seeing this happen in real time. They slowly figured it out. Like they got it up on streaming. And then initially when they put it up on streaming, it was actually a different version from the original SoundCloud version. Oh yeah. And a lot of the, a lot of the fans were like, okay, this is good, but like they gotta like rock with that original version. Like you're it's missing some of the rawness, like the kind of like the the loosest that is part of like what what is the song's charm. And then they figured it out and they up they they put the original version on Spotify. So it's like seeing the label figure this out, they never they never shot a real video for this. They just have like a thing they call a visualizer, which is like, you know, yeah. an anim- an animated, almost like gif of a video where he's just like uh a very intoxicated looking Uzi driving a car, which I'm only now realizing how <laughs> problematic that is. <laughs> that, like, he looks extremely overtired. His eyes are bloodshot red. And I think that that's not just from like not sleeping. Um, but let's listen to a bit of EXO Tour Life. I know you've heard it before, but it's really so good. So, yes, uh, Exo Tour Life comes out. It's obviously a massive, massive, massive hit. Um, mm. Let's just see where it peaks on the charts. Peaked, uh, it peaked on the charts at number seven. And even just in, this, in the changes between, like, how reliant the charts are on streaming and how reliant, like, music is on streaming now, if this song came out mm. today, this would 1 million percent be a number one. Yeah, it's like, true. Like, it would be... There's no way that it wouldn't. Um, yeah. So around this time, like, uh, you know, in April 2017, you start to see Uzi work with Playboy Cardi, a kindred spirits of sorts. I kind of felt like around this time that like Little Uzi Vert was essentially the greatest SoundCloud rapper. Like he was discovered on SoundCloud. Uh, He was still putting out because I think in retrospect, his label situation dictated it like major singles or what would become major singles on SoundCloud. And he would also bless a lot of up and coming SoundCloud rappers with verses such as Cody Shane. Uh, Mm. If you're a longtime Boozy Fade uh, fan, you might've come to the show that we put on with her uh, around this time. And another artist who was uh, sort of affiliated with the ASAP mob, named Playboy Cardi. Uh, If you've also listened to this podcast a lot, you know how much I love Playboy Cardi. And Playboy Cardi and Lil Uzi kind of, like, Lil Uzi, they kind of bring the best out of each other. Um, Mm. On last year's uh, Die Lit, which I'm a big fan of, uh, unquestionably the best song is Shooter, um, which is like, I've never never heard, it makes sense that it would be a Lil Uzi Vert song because I've never heard another song like it before just the way the beat sort of gradually builds and then like kicks in and drops uh it's a really fun song to dj and just like is another like very uplifting song and it's almost like the abstraction of like uh what playboy cardi does goes so well with this sort of like really expressive emotiveness of uh uzi um and like in general i think we, as we've talked about in previous episodes i'm pretty skeptical of uh artists doing sort of like collaborative projects in this day and age it's a pr- mm. pretty mixed track record of it but an uzi playboy cardi co-project would be amazing yeah i you know th- with with these with these like collaborative projects and the 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 white whale that people like Kendrick Lamar, J Cole things that people are still talking about. It's like, I mean, my general, you know, point of view of these things is like, it's probably not going to happen. You know, like mm-hmm. there's a rumor Drake and future are going to do what a time to be alive part two. And I believe that's going to happen. But with almost yeah. any other rumored 
collaborative like mixtape between two major a-list or a-list adjacent stars just don't Mm. expect it to ever come out and please Mm -hmm. let's stop speculating about it it's such an annoying conversation (laughs) like i feel like playboy and uzi probably will have a project come out at some point and i think that if they keep it short (laughs) that it has potential to be a really excellent project because like all of their collaborations have been pretty great there's like looking there's uh woke up like this which by the way Mm. if you haven't seen uh the new beyonce homecoming documentary that's on netflix it's like you absolutely need to watch it it is a it's it really just shows why those beyonce coachella performances of last year honestly might be one of the greatest achievements in entertainment history and I know that sounds like really hyperbolic, but if you watch this, you can't come away thinking almost anything else. But um, mm-hmm. all this to say that there is a part in, in her Coachella performance where she quotes the woke up like this song, like Playboy Cardi and Uzi. And when I, when I, when she did it, when I was watching and she did it, like I, I kind of like yelped. I was like, Oh, like, it was like, what a big look. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like I was, I was so excited as though I were Playboy Cardi or a little Uzi Vert. I was like, fuck, Beyonce just mm. like said a sn- one line of yours in the middle of like one of her mm. performances. Like that is like the greatest compliment an artist can receive. So just, yeah. just, just uh, hammering home how, how much these collaborations really kind of stood out. So while all this is going on, the collaborations with uh, Playboy are starting to come out and, you know, his finishes his tour at the weekend. Uzi was hard at work at uh, his his Love Is Rage two, which was the follow up to his his first breakout project, and then around April 2017, he started to talk to the media a bit about what the delay was because a lot of fans were like, "What's going on with this project?" And then Uzi said, "You know, it's not it's being delayed because an old person is uh is kind of like stuck in <laughs> my shine," and. Uh, didn't really take much to to draw the the connection to that old person is a DJ Drama, who is mm-hmm. the the Uzi, which we haven't mentioned, but was was signed really early on by Don Cannon and DJ Drama, but who are both from Philly. Uh, we've talked a bit about Drama in the past, and I think that we're eventually going to do a DJ Drama episode because he has a really interesting career arc. But. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's, at this point, you start to see some discord between Uzi and his label. Mm-hmm. So the project gets delayed. Don Cannon says, uh, you know, publicly at this time that like, yeah, the album's not going to come out for a while. Like, you know, just he basically and it just, it just seems like there's, you know, seeing seeing a, a young artist of Uzi's caliber and potential having issues with his label at this stage in his career, like pretty early on was kind of alarming for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he was probably a bigger star than, not that, I would imagine it's what they hope, but then really that their uh, capabilities as a label uh, could have been, realistically. Like, an artist of his stature at this point needs a, a full machine behind them. You know, like a, being signed to like a mixtape DJ's even like one of the all-time great mixtape DJs, like house in-house labels, sort of, it's not really going to do it because they don't have that kind of, you know, machinery behind them. Besides the fact that obviously, like Little Uzi Vert is, thinks that DJ Drama is like the oldest person to ever live and just doesn't understand his artistry. So, and you know, that's a very fair point. Yeah, you know what though. Um... One one of the things that I feel like maybe had something to do with this kind of like disconnect that was like talked about is like in September 2017, Vulture put out this article and the writer Craig Marks talks about, talked to an, uh, like an unnamed music industry source who talks about the 1.3 billion streams that Exo Tour Life had, had accrued. And he said that mm. label, Uzi's label would essentially make $4.5 million from, from all of those streams of this one song and of that Uzi mm. would bank around 900,000 which I mean mm. yeah that's a lot of money but for somebody whose song hits 1.3 billion streams $900,000 yeah. doesn't really seem like that much you know no I mean uh, you have to imagine there are better better deals that have been sought out for that kind of traffic you know absolutely and, and I think that you know 
if you think about when Uzi signed his deal with Drama and Canon, this is like, you know, this is in 2015. This is before any of his big hits. It's before he's even known outside. Like at this point, he was just like a really kind of like a cult SoundCloud rapper with mm-hmm. not really much much outside of that. So at this point now, he's, he's ascending into being a, a really big star. It's not, you know, hard to imagine that he's probably signed to a pretty like, I don't want to use the word predatory, but just a deal that isn't very advantageous to him. Yeah. And I mean, I think if he had broken out two years later uh, or even started to break out two years later, there's no way he signs that deal. Uh You know, it's just sort of the timing of it, I think, uh, was just a little bit inopportune for the way music industry has gone subsequently. Um, So yeah, Lover's Rage 2 is eventually released in 2017. Uh, he has a few hits off of it, you know, my favorite being The Way Life Goes, which uh, Nicki Minaj eventually hopped on a remix of. Uh, and there's a few other songs that like kind of do pretty well in there. But it, I, I, the project wasn't my favorite Uzi project. No. Uh, it didn't seem particularly quality controlled. It was like kind of like another one of those albums where it's like, here's 20 songs, you know, like enjoy. Yeah. And it, it kind of almost felt like, compared to the earlier Uzi releases that they just compiled a bunch of songs and threw them together. And that was an album. And this is even before we, the, we started seeing like the true data dump model. Uh, whereas I would imagine that I felt like it just didn't really seem that it was like, uh, it had the same range of his earlier work. Yeah. And I think that around this time, I mean, but also this is still like, he's still like ascending in terms of stardom. And I think this is like where, you know, while it always had been a, pre- a present part of why people were interested in him, I think this is where you really start to see that the interest in Uzi is not just a musical one. It's him as like a cultural figure. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember there's this, you know, there was, if you think about this one really early, like kind of like viral gif or like short video of Uzi, there's a video of mm-hmm. him uh, dancing at... Mm-hmm. He's in, I, I I don't know, it almost looks like like a kind of like an MTV kind of, it almost looks like the, the TRL set, but I know it wasn't. But it's just a, a, yeah, a yeah. video of Uzi dancing very slowly, very sassily. And it's like, the it's this, mm-hmm. you know, the patented Uzi shoulder shimmy and super mm-hmm. slowly. And he has this look yeah. on his face like, yes, I am a bad bitch and you know it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think... I remember uh, kind of talked about um, how Travis Scott uh, is an artist who is sort of this facsimile of like all these different like current like rap styles. I feel like little Uzi Vert is like more like he's like he emblemizes so many different parts of like contemporary youth culture in a like perfectly organic way. And one of those is that he has like a very distinct style that can be pretty androgynous at times. Um, You know, the anime references go deep. He like the emo references go deep and he just has this like natural charisma about him, which is like, he can sort of blend like nerdy imagery with like, like street rap, you know, kind of hard, like Chicago drill influence so seamlessly that like he's he's just very very unique in that kind of way i i i honestly can't think of anybody who does exactly that who can be so much themselves and so much of their time especially in like these really particular ways about youth culture it's true and you know i think another thing about him is that really early on a lot of these interests were like pretty prevalent in him like you know it was very clear Mm -hmm. from the very beginning like He's like, like a lot of other, you know, mainstream rappers at the time talking a lot about like high fashion, talking about like Philip Lim and like Raph Simmons and all of, <laughs> and all, the, all this kind of stuff. And, right, you know, there's also this thing that I, I that he said in this uh, noisy music doc that I watched, like about his tour, his touring. And it was essentially talking about it at the time, there are a lot of rappers, a lot of rappers who were, you know, kind of borrowing different styles from one another. And he was saying, mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, it's like, that's the thing though. It's not about like, you know, we're, we're all kind of doing the same stuff, but it's about who does it the best, you know, mm. 
which is a really different kind of point of view on on imitation and inspiration than obviously the 90s where the 90s was all like you know you got to be original if you're not original then like what are you doing and by 2016 yeah. or 2017 whenever uzi was like really coming up it was just like oh that's like no longer the thing like the inter- the internet has made everything so iterative and you think of like the idea of like memes and gifs and like vine culture and how everything is like okay i'm going to replicate this one thing but here's my spin mm-hmm. on it here's why it's unique and yeah. i think that's another thing about like uzi is that like he draws inspiration from his peers but at his very fundamental like elemental core there is an originality mm-hmm. to the point of view on all of these things on anime on emo on high fashion on streetwear on you know his shoulder shimmying yeah on being a bad bitch yeah he's made it his own and, and there's like i mean there's a video that uh came out a couple years ago um where Uzi approaches a group of high school kids and like just talks to them like he's like the new kid in town and he's like oh i i what do you guys like to do out here i, I haven't been out here very long it's good bro yeah what school y'all go to southwest yeah it's only my third day out here i don't know yo shit bro i was out here right like the genuine like openness in which he like approached them and he was already like a massive star at this point it was like this guy is could probably run for president and win you know on it, on any ticket really if the only if the only people voting were uh 17 teenagers in supreme and yeezys <laughs> he'd get 100 yes. percent of the vote <laughs> he would get 100 percent of the vote that's right 17 year olds in supreme and yeezys with 100 percent turnout it'd be amazing <laughs> it's true <laughs> Um, and I guess the other thing about this is that it's, it's not, I mean, it's not just 17 year olds in Supreme and Yeezy that are Uzi fans. Like a big, one of the really interesting things about him is there's been two really great or very like revealing mini concert film ask, but like a short form made about him. There was one made by world star hip hop in 2016, uh, which you mm. should find. It's like the little Uzi Vert homecoming. I posted in the Boosie Vid group when it dropped and like, I was really obsessed with it. I've watched it like at maybe 15 or 20 times. Cause it's, it's really revealing about part of what makes him such a big star is the diversity of his fan base is pretty mind bending. Like the kind of mm-hmm. the, the, the ends at which it reaches, like, you know, you're watching this one from Philly, the one in 2016 and you see kind of like, you know, uh, you got your kind of like basic, uh you know teenage like white girls that are like i love the uzi vert you know like you know you got that that type Mm -hmm. then you got like you know the really stylish like cool teenage black girls with like nice nails then you got Mm -hmm. you know suburban bros then you got like you know some hood mans it's just like a weird Mm -hmm. a weird amalgamation of all these different types of hip-hop fan and they kind of mm-hmm. all exist in the uzi sphere and i think that that's like yeah. what the, like it's like it's sim- in a way is similar to like how how drake's fans are like composed of every demographic uzi mm-hmm. is real to so many different st- types of like person and hip-hop fan that mm-hmm. he just has this like this coalition that is a pretty unstoppable force because it really to each part of, of his fan base they feel like he represents them yeah, he, he, like there's something about him that reminds me of Prince in a kind of similar way to Young Thug. There's just something about like like the, they have a shared short man swagger and like I think probably like sex appeal even and just like just like kind of this crazy, uh, you know, it's a similar kind of androgyny thing and similar just sort of like, I don't know, there's something that so many people can connect with. Um it's like like Prince. It's in, in the way that like Prince in the '80s was able to be, you know, wearing like uh, blouses and so on and so forth, and still be loved by everyone from like you know, like white jock guys to you know, aunties and so on. It's like I think Little Uzi Vert has that similar like his uh, just appeal is so undeniable that it just crosses across, you know across demographics mm-hmm. and i think that's why like right now uh his there's a lot of anticipation about his next project which 
they first mentioned that was like, I mean, this is also like to not, not to mention that at this point by this time in like, you know, like late 2017 at Uzi's career, he, you know, he's working with Meek Mill. He's worked with like Nikki, you know, early 2018, he's like working with Kanye and Travis Scott. Like, you know, Uzi is absolutely a part of the rap A-list. And so there's this mm-hmm. whole excitement built around his next album, which is called Eternal Ataki. Um, and in May of 2018, you have like Don Cannon and people, you know, there's a lot of rumors about this, this album's dropping. Don Cannon tells people it's going to come out before sometime in 2018. Uh, and there's like various snippets that are being shared and just like ways that people are drumming up excitement. But there really are not, there's not really a lot of information about any concrete dates. But people for the, the you know the last half of 2018 are rumoring it like essentially like, almost every week. There's like okay maybe it's coming out this week or maybe it's coming out this week. But by the end of 2018, uh, I'm sorry. Like but then in September 2018, uh, new paddock drops, which is a, a a kind of it first like comes up. You see a video of Uzi after like being on and off Instagram for a while, and you know there was rumors that he had retired. If he was saying that he was done with music and like there was no real explanation of like, is this a joke? Is this a promotional tactic? Like what's, what's really going on here? Uh, but then he like dropped like an Insta- like a, f- a few posts on Instagram and there's one that features him dancing to the, this song and the song is new paddock. Mm-hmm. And a few days later, the song actually gets released and so does a video and it's like of him dancing to to it. And I think at this point people mm-hmm. are like, okay, all right, we're going to get, we're going to, we are going to get this album in 2018 um mm-hmm. but we don't and it seems to be like a great mystery what its fate is i mean there's been more music recently free uzi being one of the uh drops and, and sorry sorry just i just wanted to mention that there there actually isn't an official video for new paddock but there's a a good video of uzi dancing to it from his instagram uh, i would go so far as to say an iconic video of him dancing yes. to it like it's like it makes the whole song really it does and i think that just like with 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 new paddock and some of the you know which just came out in september 2018 and then uh now in 2019 in the last few months with after like much discussion about what's happening with uzi um he has new management he left his like previous managers and he's now managed by rock nation which is jay-z's company and like you don't really get much better in terms of like like how you how plugged in you can be to brands and opportunities outside of hip hop than mm. Rock Nation because Jay Z is perhaps the most connected man in in uh, popular music. Um, mm-hmm. So he so and then, and there's starting to be rumors that like Jay Z is trying to, is going to buy Uzi out of his contract with uh, Drama and Canon, and mm-hmm. uh, that's still the dust hasn't settled on that. But it does lead to a string of Uzi songs being released, one of which is a mm-hmm. song called Free Uzi. And much like New Paddock, it's like, you know, it's Uzi doing his his rapidy rap stuff. And I think mm-hmm. I think Free Uzi is really excellent. And let's listen to a bit of it now. Yeah, I remember when that girl didn't need me. I didn't handle money and I couldn't find out what's the reason. Why? Now that hoe back on my team, cause my neck wet like a squeegee. Whoa. We serve them packs in the net. We get them racks like Serena. Uh, yeah, the sun out, so my boy's gonna trap today. When you get money every day like Saturday. Niggas lying, yeah, he stuck with a cap and face. Niggas right and they get hit with the Mac today. This my, I don't even know I'm what happened face. Grandma in the kitchen still singing happy days. I just popped the G6, I'm in my happy place. She was tripping, had to ask her what pussy take. I can make your little bitch just wanna percolate. Sex first, then we can have an accident. Gave me head to my shit, I'm decapitate. Look me in my eye and do, I'm that nasty face. Make it rain in the club like a nasty day. Told him that I'm coming, no, no ejaculate. Pastry, pocket boy, you not having cake. Fuck that overcoat and I swear your jacket late. Bro just made his money back off a half a plate. Rolly cost me 40,000, that's half yeah, a I mean, I, I, I just love when Uzi gets into his, uh, his, uh, his just like, I'm going to rap for five minutes kind of vibe, you know, <laughs> like it's going to, this is not going to be one of the, the, it's not going to be like a, a, a heavy on the, the, the melody and the elongated, you know, words, but this is just like a bunch of rap words coming at you. Yeah. It's very, his style is very, unlike these songs, very reminiscent of uh certain drill rappers like G Herbo, G Herbo. or uh, uh Lil Bibby. Uh it's just this it, it's like kind of this point of meeting like the like uptown Philly like rapidy tradition that we've kind of talked about before, like where with Meek Mill being maybe one of the most famous or the most famous example of. 
meeting the like Chicago drill freestyle, uh, which is it's just like bars about shooting people a lot of the time. But uh, yeah, like obviously, uh, Lil Uzi Vert makes it makes it his own. Yeah, and also you know it's it's uh it's worth noting that Free Uzi is actually a repurposed beat from a uh, from G Herbo G Herbo twenty twelve G Herbo song called Gangway. So wow, yeah. So, so also you know Free Uzi was was uh I mean this this song is like released kind of ostensibly or seems like without his label's authorization. So I think it it was on like Apple Music for a minute, but then it was removed, and now it it's only on uh, YouTube. But there's there's also a really great video for the song, which I think really shows some of Uzi's prodigious dance skills. Uh, it's worth watching just to see him get in his in his bag. Anyway, this comes out. We get we had a few weeks a few weeks go by, and then some leaks start to come out from from the album. There's one leak that comes out is a song called which which is then later released officially by the label uh which is sanguine paradise and mm. i mean i remember when i heard the leak and i was like I, I usually have a policy of not listening to leaks because i if i i kind of want to hear a song in the way that the artist intends it to be heard i don't really want to hear a kind of like bootlegged version a lot of the time because I don't, I don't even know what it what what it is but it's something about it just doesn't sit right with me um yeah and also like a lot of times leaks ruin songs like you just won't hear a, like for instance i think most famously of like of this 21 savage song that came out a few years ago that had drake and young thug featured on it and mm-hmm. it's called issa and then it leaked and then we were like okay and then they were like oh yeah so we're never releasing like the real version of that mm-hmm. and that was really painful personally yeah. for me i mean <laughs> right exactly my feeling is like those songs if they never come out Let's just pray we get like a like a box set release kind of thing down in down the line, you know. Of but I don't think that that, that like, doesn't seem to happen though. Yeah, if if I yeah. have my way, once I've got my billion dollars, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll find all the lost little Uzi songs, put them out. <laughs> we'll we'll greatly appreciate that. But I I did listen to the leak of Sanguine Paradise, and I I was just like, oh man, this is like such a hit, and I was. I remember I saw a tweet that said like it's such a shame that like this is such a shame that this song is leaked because now it'll it won't get to be the big hit that it's supposed to be. But then you know a few weeks a, few, a week or so later the label actually put it out uh, like the official version of it. So uh, Sanguine Paradise comes out. He also has another song called That's a Rack that comes out. They're both pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I think that now it's like everyone's back on the train of Eternal Otake, and we feel like it seems like it's like I wouldn't necessarily say it's eminent, but it feels like it's definitely coming this year um although yeah. we've heard that before to no avail but yeah, it, it really feels crossed. like him signing to rock nation indicates that stuff is actually happening with his with his label situation yeah they just need to get him out of it it's free uzi all day <laughs> agreed um i mean ultimately the thing that i've been thinking about recently is that like with this next album i'm with when Eternal Otaki comes out, I think it's gonna be pretty clear that Uzi is gonna be an arena level rapper. Like I think he'll do an arena tour after this next album drops. And mm-hmm. I mean, like like you mentioned earlier, like the best is yet to come with him, as we're seeing in like even in these these two like you know loose tracks that have even if you, if you combine like New Paddock, Free Uzi, Sanguine Paradise, uh, and That's a Rack, you're really seeing somebody who's in full command of his skills and his range. And mm-hmm. I just f- feel like the Uzi that we're going to get on this next project is going to be a whole other level than what we've seen in the last few years. Yeah, especially if we get some like Rock Nation quality A and Ring on it, because I like I you just get the sense that uh, you know the last few releases just haven't had the vision that he had when he probably had a little bit more freedom on it. True. Uh, and, and so I, you know, I think I'm, I'm optimistic that, you know, things will work out for the best, but who knows? The the real hope is that we don't lose another year of Uzi like we did in 2018 to label fuckery. I mean, well said. All right. Thank you. That's another episode of catch up. Uh, thank you guys for listening once again. Uh, please 
tell a friend about the podcast, spread the word, rate and review on iTunes, uh, follow us on Spotify, follow our Instagram at catch up podcast. I, I didn't, we didn't mention this earlier, but uh, two quick things. Like one, uh, if you're in Toronto, we are going to be at apartment 200 this Thursday night. Uh, so come through. I, I have the next day off work and I'm finna go full ratchet. Uh, I don't know if I do all that. I don't know if I do all that, but like, <laughs> it'll, it'll be pretty fun. Um, yeah. And also, we have a playlist that we update every month with Red Bull Music. We have a, a new version of it going up very soon, but also the old version is great. We have around around 215 followers right now in the playlist, which is pretty good, I would say. But let's get those numbers up. So search Red Bull Music on Spotify and then hit See All Playlist and uh, follow the Boosie Fade playlist. Yeah, it gives you a great selection of Toronto rappers as well as some interesting tracks from uh, more international, bigger and less big acts. So if you're uh, one of those rap fans who's kind of only gotten into rap in the last little while, it's a great way to not only get to know Toronto rap, but also pick up on some songs you might not have otherwise heard. That's right. So once again, thank you guys very much for listening. We will talk to you very soon. Yes, be well.